0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle welcome Arsenal to St James' Park on Monday night for the final home game of the 2021-22 campaign. I'm Andrew Musgrove as usual, joined by John Gibson. And John, before we look at the opposition... Mm. It's just time for a little bit of a celebration. Newcastle United are safe. Their Premier League status has been secured. It was secured earlier in the week after Leeds were thumped by Chelsea. Not celebrations on social media. We both felt Newcastle was safe uh, for quite a while before this was confirmed. But always nice to get it confirmed. And now we can look to the summer.
1: Sure. Uh, I think we've been safe for all of us, poor timid mathematicians, for a long time now. Because... I mean, before we played Liverpool, we'd gone from bottom of the league early in the season, from 14 games without a win, to ninth top. I mean, were we not safe then? We were in all but numbers. I mean, we had to continue to lose, 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 lose. And the teams at the bottom, which was much more difficult, had to keep winning to for there to be any difference it doesn't happen that way i mean norwich and watford have been doomed long before the mathematicians doomed them and i mean we've been safe because in the last two games we haven't taken any points at all so we were safe before them weren't we we must have been because we haven't got any more points to secure safety we're safety because of the failings of others at the bottom but yes it's lovely a b it's even more glorious because it was totally unexpected. But it was the nine-match one that saved us, and we all safe when we come out of that, and that's wonderful. Uh, so, Smashing, I don't feel any better than I did uh, before the maths all added up because I, I felt we're safe for quite a while. I'm much more concerned about building on that and doing something for the end of the season because I... Having done so magnificently in the second half of the season to rise from the dead and and get to where we were, I do not want to finish the season on four successive defeats. And that's a possibility because when you look at it, uh, we've lost the two games to the top team. I've never known a run-in like this, you know. When you get to a run-in, there's normally easy games. You're playing teams with nothing to play for, if you're safe yourself. You're playing teams with nothing to play for. You've got a good chance to turn them over, even if they're in the top half of the division, blah blah We are facing our last four games. We faced Liverpool, who were going for a quadruple, which is unique. We face Manchester City, who were going for the fourth Premier League title in the last five seasons. We're facing Arsenal, who are desperate To uh, get the last Champions League place and and banish five-year exile from the Champions League, which for them is unheard of. And now, because of the result against Spurs, there's no leeway for them. They must beat us. Had they beaten Spurs... This would have been a free hit for Newcastle. They must win now. So it's a crunch game and we will go to Burnley in the last game and it'll be a crunch game for them with them all leads going down. So there's not a free hit. We could finish up losing all four. I happen to think we won't, but we could and that's the sort of pressure games we have and we've got to avoid because that
0: would be a shame. I do think Monday is set up nicely for Newcastle. I think the atmosphere, uh, what war flags are playing the pressure on Arsenal, I think it will all roll into. We keep
1: it. talking about the pressure on these teams. If you live at the top half of the table, there isn't pressure. You live uh, in it every day. yeah the pressure of put Liverpool and Man City off against us, didn't it? And, well, we, and we had a free hit and we're saying, well, the pressure's on them, and this will happen, and that will happen. They both won in a canter and I tell you what, neither of
0: them played well yeah, by their standards. And the one, Man in City a and Liverpool, are a totally different level to Arsenal, and Arsenal. Arsenal might
1: be said to be a totally different level to us, well, not to, not I to can, them
0: two. I would I would share that point as well. But I do think Arsenal, especially with the fact they got badly beaten off Spurs, Arteta's rattled, mm. and the team that they're likely to lose out on that Champions League spot to is their nearest and dearest rival. So I think that that's a whole different element. I'm not sure they've got the characters to, to handle very, the pressure. There's a
1: very simple answer if you are Arsenal. And that's your one point ahead. You win forget Spurs. You win your last two games, you're in the Champions League. You win your last two games, they've got Newcastle away and Everton at home. Not necessarily easy whatsoever. Not as easy as Spurs games. Spurs two games are Burnley at home and Norwich away. They're terrific games for Spurs. But they can win both of those and they'll still finish a point behind Arsenal if Arsenal win their two. Arsenal have got to come here and win now. But um, it is still in their hands. And if you remember, we talked up a similar scenario with Man City. Man City have just got rattled because they've lost to uh, Real Madrid in incredible circumstances. They're bound to be decimated, lower in the snake's belly, etc., etc. They come and score five against us, then go to Wolves and score five against Wolves. Arsenal are decimated because... They could have had automatic Champions League if they'd beat Spurs. They lost to their biggest rivals and lost badly. They're rattled. Let's hope they don't come back and do what Man City did when Man City were, in quotes, rattled. I'm not having to go at Newcastle. I'm just meaning sometimes you've got to be realistic. This is a tough, tough match for Newcastle. But I'm... But not impossible, like you would look at a visit to Man City as almost impossible. All we did there was cling on to some hope that they would be in a mess after Real Madrid. But otherwise, it was a foregone conclusion. This is not, this is not, we've got a genuine chance, but they will be difficult. All we can hope for is the combination of the crowd, (coughs) and the players' pride, how getting into them because this is the goodbye to the fans until the next season. Did all those combined enough to do us a favour on the day. And that's more than possible and that's what I'm aiming for. And the same at Burnley. I do not want to lose narrowly to, to Arsenal because they're going for a top four spot. And then narrowly to Burnley because they've got a win to stay up and finish the season with four, that would be a dreadful shame. And um, I'm betting
0: that won't happen. But we are facing that situation. We'll look closer at Arsenal in just a moment, John. But uh, for the research for this episode, I was looking, obviously, how Arsenal had done. I watched the the game last night and then I read the, the BBC match report to Spurs versus Arsenal and this sentence stood out for me. And I'll just read it from the report. So Spurs have two winnable fixtures remaining at home to struggling Burnley and relegated Norwich, while Arsenal must travel to Newcastle United. No easy task these days. And for me, that stood out. That, that shows you how far Newcastle United have come under anyhow, because six months ago, seven months ago, there's not a chance that report would have been written like that. No easy place to go to St. James's Park. I mean, you know, that's the difference. It is now a fortress at St. James's Park. They've only lost two of the last ten at home, and that was against Liverpool and against Manchester City. The atmosphere, as you said, there is going to be going to be bouncing war flags, are planning their biggest ever display, something on every seat for every fan to get involved with. I'm not going to reveal what what it is, but it's going to be amazing. So if you're there, get involved. You've got players who maybe are going to be playing their last game, so they're going to be waving goodbye. You've got you know the lap of uh, the lap of honor. You're You've bringing got... tears to my eyes here. But you know what? I just think you know it, we, we've gone from looking like Newcastle are oh. going to get relegated the only side not to win uh, the only side to beat the drop after winning none of their opening 14 games so Eddie Howe is already making history by becoming the first manager to do that and to be in that position to have the takeover happen as well and then to be here we are safe comfortably safe now we're able to look to the future with a manager that everyone's on board with with the likes of Bruno Gumbres and the side well, we Linton. agree but what's the point you're making the about part, the Arsenal game well because I just think all that all those elements in play on Monday night it's going to I think it'll just be a really really special night and I just I just question whether maybe it'll get the better of Arsenal because of what they have to achieve. Why
1: do you think teams at the top are so vulnerable in that bottle? I mean, I remember we had the chance to get on top of Liverpool because it was at St James's Park. We had the chance to get on top of Man City because of what happened in Madrid. And we've got the chance to get on top of Arsenal because of what happened at Spurs. We're playing some very average sides, aren't we? They have no bottle whatsoever, which is uh, surprising that they're up in the top four of these sides, aren't they, when they've got No bottle.
0: I get what you're saying, but I'm just I'm just looking at it positively and I just think Monday night. Good for you. And I hope team are, And it will be very
1: special without a shadow of doubt. But nobody tells Arsenal or tells Liverpool when they come up at St James's Park this is going to be very special. Don't spoil it, man, because they've got a habit of just spoiling it. But uh, it sounds as if you're talking up Newcastle and I'm talking down Newcastle, and it's not so. We're both on the same wavelength about what's been achieved this season. It's been absolutely phenomenal. I'm always... As a Newcastle fan, I guess there's two sorts of Newcastle fans. One's you and one's me, which is there's a Newcastle fan that's ever optimistic, and this is a Geordie trait, and it's absolutely wonderful that um, every game we're one stop off reaching the the top of Everest and planting the flag, and... um, the job for the Geordie Nation and as the others thought they think we're doing terrific but we're only one step away from something going wrong we've had too many disappointments in our life let's get to where we should be before we get carried away totally and they, I, I have said in many ways Eddie Howe for me is manager of the year ahead of anybody else and he's not going to get it because Klopp will get it, because Klopp has still got a theoretic chance of winning all four trophies. He won't win the Premier League title, but he could win the other 3 uh, Peps got four Premier League titles out of five, but they've been a work in progress for several seasons. We've been a work in progress for several weeks. Newcastle United had gone from when we sat in the, I mean I remember sitting next to Supermac in the press box when a third tier club, Cambridge United, knocked us out of the um, FA Cup and that's before l- l- some of the great January signs come in, Trippier played uh, and we had the new manager and the new owners and it, it still was a desperate, desperate situation and here we are. what he has achieved from the ashes of despair so quickly is absolutely stunning and more stunning than what Pep and Jürgen's done because that's predictable they have been climbing the big mountain for three four seasons so that's predictable where we've come from is phenomenal if the Premier League had just started in 2022. Instead of it being the second half of the season, we would be up there fighting for Europe. But, you know, it didn't. And we always knew the last four games would be difficult because Man City in Liverpool were always going to be there. Arsenal. Crikey me, they, if if your Tetter who was around in the glory days, he played five years under Wenger, he knows what the Champions League. I mean, they spent something like nineteen consecutive seasons in the Champions League, mainly through Wenger, um, and that was phenomenal. The last five years, they haven't made the ch- the. the Champions League. That's how why he was so furious at what happened against Spurs last night and why he will be so determined. His quote, straight after the game, apart from being rattled, is I can't wait to get to Newcastle. I want to play again. I'm just I'm dying yeah. to get up there I've and got play it the here. game. So um, he was
0: asked, he was asked obviously about the performance and he yeah. said I told them, so I told the players, I was so proud of them. And if we do what we did in the first half an hour here, we will be fine against Newcastle United. So if I'm Eddie Howe, I'm printing off that quote and I'm sticking that around the Newcastle United dressing room on the doors and players go out and say look this is look, this is what Arteta thinks of you guys go out there and prove him I wrong. thought
1: he had no bottle at the start of the conversation now he's full he's full I'm of de- bravado what he's going to do at Newcastle so we are going to have to pull it up well, to show well, the players. there's a slight
0: difference to say no bottle to that, that quote I, you know, I think that's all the motivation Newcastle United players need isn't it mind out out or words, words
1: are words yeah yeah that's great and uh, we like Will that get into Saint Maximum and make him run a direct straight line instead of across the park and will that do individual things to each player? Will that turn Chris Wood into a goal scoring no, centre forward? But the, the
0: right the right head coach will, will make those words his own weapon, won't he? Yes, of course, but that
1: but that doesn't mean they are accepted by each individual and you've turned him you've turned him into incredible hulk after being uh, tiny Tim. Um, it doesn't quite work like that. It Newcastle have enough pride in the side without any words from Arteta or anyone else. They had enough pride in the I, I mean, if it was Burnley come out and saying, Newcastle or nothing, we can beat Newcastle on the last day of the season, by Jove, that might work with the players. But Arteta from fourth top saying it about a team that's 13th or whatever, is, is, happens. I mean, if Arteta didn't think... I'm defending Otero here and I'm not, uh, I am not. hope Arsenal lose six. But if Otero didn't think like that when he was fourth top going to try to get the Champions League in front of his fans, if he wasn't saying yeah, things like that, it Yeah, but it doesn't mean
0: Otero has, has to accept the words, does it? And he says, all right, fair enough. I mean, you know, we are eight, nine different places no, in the league, not, but we'll accept it. No, of course not.
1: No, but it doesn't mean it'll make all the difference you're uh, hoping it'll make either.
0: Mm, I would like to to think different well of course you would it sounds like you I'm incorrect if I'm wrong but you're you're expecting Arsenal to come you're expecting Arsenal to win no no I'm
1: not I'm not at all as I will tell you at the end of this conversation (laughs) when you ask me for my prediction not at all what I'm trying to do in front of a young man full of enthusiasm is tie his ankles to the chair before he floats off into the uh, abyss with elation and we, if we are not, do you know the biggest problem that the owners and the manager has got right now? Expectation. Over-expectation, produced by people like yourself saying things like you're saying now. If we think we're going to buy six world-class players in the summer and we're going to be popping for the top six to, and possibly the top four... Uh, as quickly as if it was just as automatic as that and, and it equally the situation on Saturday, then we have to be a little realistic. I remember forecasting that we would lose uh, to uh, to Liverpool at home and then get carried away with your enthusiasm and suggestion we would get a draw at Manchester City when we lost five. They, no, I I think we are quite capable of... Drawing or winning against Arsenal on Monday—absolutely no question whatsoever. But there's a difference between that and thinking we've just got to turn up, oh, wave fifty thousand oh, flags, I, I mean, I don't and, think and we'll win. I will, and, and we we pin things on the wall, and that's us won. No, and, I, what and I will say—I I mean, bottle
0: and uh, it's clearly more is, than that. It's clearly more. You've got to turn up, and you've got to, you know, everything's got to click. The players have got to be switched on. My point was, I just think those elements will will aid Newcastle's. Um, ability to beat Arsenal. But of course, it, of but course, of course it, it comes down to the players turning up and the you know the, the team working is one. But I, I think And it turn it also comes down to the back four and the goalkeeper, not playing
1: like they did at Man City exactly. and yes. not making the individual mistakes that were made at Man City. Because they're good enough and they took our eyes out because we presented them on a plate to
0: them and said, There you are. Yeah, one hundred percent and you know in the, the episode we did earlier this week with, with Aaron you know, everyone knows I was I was fuming at the way they defended it and Eddie Howe's comments after the game he, he was didn't hold anything back he said individual mistakes etc etc so you would like to think being at home is going to hugely yes, change it and you would like to think this week that, that he sat them down and he's played the tapes he's played the DVDs or whatever it's played on these days and gone we can't we can't do this again it doesn't matter that this is the, the, the penultimate game of the season we need to play this like this is the most important game of the season because we want to go out on a high we want to be at the level we've set so you would like to think this week, that's what they've worked on. And, and if we, if Newcastle do get beat off Arsenal, it'll be because it'll be a moment of absolute quality. Or n- not not something that, you know, they, they hand it to Arsenal on the plate, essentially. And as for top six and signing world-class players, I would like to say on record, I have not said that. I didn't say you did. Well, you I'm have not just, just checking. Just
1: but there's a lot of fun I mean, I sit here... And I go away and I'm stunned because I'm such a Newcastle fan, and I sound so much like I'm not because I try to keep a sense of reality to any discussion, not particularly with you, Andrew, or anybody, anybody, anywhere along the line. And that doesn't make you less of a Newcastle fan. That makes you more of a realist. And some, I, I mean i have been the greatest supporter of failure in the whole of my life because i've supported newcastle being a kid and since i went over to budapest in 69 to see newcastle win something i've seen newcastle win nothing and that was even the great sides the wonderful sides i'm going to a, a dinner tonight with four or five of the entertainers magnificent side oh dear let us get back to that except let us win something because, unbelievably, we didn't win the League Cup or the FA Cup either. as well. We were twice second in the league. You look at the wonderful Bobby Robson sides that went third top and played in the Champions League all season, about 14, 15 games one season and finished third top. Um, you know, and didn't rest players for the top team in all the competition. Wonderful, wonderful times but we didn't win anything and, and we need to win something. And I do think we're setting out, but you know, I, I cringe when I read all the time about where the richest side in the, in the richest club in the world, etc. etc. That no, we've got the richest owners in the world. Whether they're going to plough all the money into the club is up to them. Um, but yeah, I think we're at the beginning of a very, very, very exciting. Uh, time for Newcastle and we're only going one way and that's up but we're still at the first steps and it's how quickly we climb the ladder uh, it depends on having a successful summer like we had a successful January.
0: Do you think Arsenal are there to be got out there on Monday, I mean they're missing Holden who was who was sent off, uh, Gabriel, who picked play. Up, yeah, Gabriel picked up an injury, um, Arteta clearly seems a little bit rattled Arsenal there to to be got at or are they just going to be too good for Newcastle?
1: No, um, they're there to be got at because I mean the situation in some ways is set up like Man City was, you know, the the huge disappointment Man City at Real Madrid and then are they there for the taking merely because they're going to be demoralised, humiliated, etc. etc. Same thing with Arsenal because it was bad enough to to not qualify for the Champions League and get it out the way with two games to play, but to do to fail against uh, your bitterest rival, Spurs, and to fail by three 0 and have a guy sent off is horrendous. But will they produce a Man City type reaction, or will they be genuinely decimated? They aren't as good as Man City, they aren't as good as Liverpool, they're miles off Chelsea were third are miles off those two. <coughs> so yes, the the possibility is there. I do not think for one minute they'll come and lie down or be so demoralized they'll they'll roll over because they happen to play us and we are full of enthusiasm and the crowd is a twelfth man, and the crowd will be a twelfth man. It will if we get something, whether it's a draw or a win. It'll be hard-earned and it'll be therefore deserved. And there's much more of a possibility of it happening than there has in the last two games where there was no possibility against Liverpool for me, even though it was at St. James's, and there was no possibility at Man City until uh, Madrid come along. And that did create a positivity and to be truthful, well done City. They, they, they picked themselves up from that when they were automatically one foot in Paris and have played two Premier League games since and scored five apiece in both games. Well done them. Um, so let's wait and see what Arsenal... But we've got a genuine chance against Arsenal. Of course we have. We always have. Because they're not a great side.
0: The assumption would be that Alan St-Maxman might get kicked to the high heavens. You know We saw against Spurs, Arsenal, Tartan and Son... Uh, the, the match report on the BBC described it as a lack of discipline cost Arsenal. So I would assume the game plan might be slightly similar, similar to try and kick the player who is probably the most threatening on the pitch, that being Alan St-Maxman. Yeah, but he's not quite sung, is he? No, he's not. Uh, he's not.
1: I mean, sung, have you looked at his goalscoring records? Fabulous, isn't it? Uh, I mean, he scores a pile of goals. He's a wonderful team player and he's not an ounce of trouble. Is he? Uh, and I'm not suggesting an ounce is Max really. This is not a comparison. He is a wonderful professional who operates under the shadow of Harry Kane and yet is more than happy and is world, world class. Um, yeah, they might look at a maximum uh, and say, stop him, you stop Newcastle. You might also look at some maximum and say, just shuttle him across the field. And he'll run from outside left to outside right and, uh, and not have made two foot forward. We um, need a big
0: performance from him, don't we? Because we haven't oh, seen him recently.
1: Desperately. And, and he needs a big performance. That's what we want. This second... It's amazing, isn't it? The first half of the season was a disaster for Newcastle, but San Maximum was a bit of a shining light in a very gloomy atmosphere. The second half of the season has been wonderful for Newcastle, and
0: San Maximum has never played to his maximum. You said this a few weeks ago, that you know he's no longer number one. You've got Bruno Gamares, who has, has gone straight to the, yep. the top. He's performing well. He's a fan favourite. Do you think going forward into into next season I mean we were assuming St Maximum will still be here next season we assume he'll be here for the, for the long term do you think he's going to be able to handle no longer being the big star because we, we think Newcastle are going to bring in all these quality players not necessarily big names but quality players who yep, produce yep, yep, whereas before yep. it was always it didn't really matter who they brought in because St Maximum was always above any arrival Correct. even Callum Wilson um, correct, correct, correct. That's going to change. It's now. going to
1: be interesting. I mean, he keeps telling us, and I like a I, I like um, ambition, I really do. And he keeps telling us he can win the Ballon d'Or, and if he had better players around him, he would have so many more assists. Well, he does say those quotes are taken out of context, just to well, be... of course. Well, if, uh, I tell you what, of course he does. Would you say no? I meant them and you better get a centre forward or I'm on my toes, like I mean it's okay saying hey, it
0: when you're over there. If he did Eddie I could print them off and stick them on the door as well, alongside our test <laughs> Um no, but
1: the point I'm making is saying what he has said in the past and he's he's rabbited on about the panel and door quite a bit, etc. And I love Enthusiasm, but if he's going to win the Ballon d'Or, he's got to play in sides with knee deep in quality players. I mean, you know, Messi plays in sides that had Neymar in and Suarez in and whatever, whatever, and Ronaldo's done exactly the same the whole of his career. He's, even though the, the quotes were taking out of context he did ask for better players to be around him and uh, therefore he should welcome better players coming and respond to it and we do need a big game from of course we do uh, they, and there's no better time to do it than now bef- because it's his last chance in front of the
0: of the fans mm. let's well, leads me on to one of the quotes about how, on the final two games of the season he had his press conference on Thursday and he says, we're really keen to end the season with two very good performances. It's so important we perform in our last home game and leave a good feeling with our supporters for the summer and wet their out of tight for what's going to come next year. How important is it, John, that they do exactly that and send the supporters into the summer on a high? Absolutely huge. Absolutely
1: huge. Because I reiterate what I said at the start, we do not want to finish with four defeats. And if we lose to Arsenal, not only is it a great shame because it's the goodbye to the fans until August, not only would that be a shame for all the players, for Howe and for the owners, because of this wonderful rise that we've had uh, in results and expectation. It would be a tragedy. It wouldn't change what's going to happen next season, but it would be a great shame not to go out on a high and it would be difficult to, if we don't beat Arsenal or if we lose to Arsenal, to go to Burnley on the last day because Burnley or Leeds, looking at the fixes it's left, um, it's going to go to the last day. Uh, Burnley aren't going to be saved before the last day. They, there's no question about that. They've got Spurs away, as I mentioned, followed by Villa away, before the players so they're not going to be safe so they're going to be playing for their futures on the last day of the season which could produce any sort of result and we've got to avoid four successive defeats because we do not want that and do not deserve that and the time to avoid it is arsenal mm-hmm. and and avoid it at home and avoid it in front of the fans and leave with a great taste and heads held high by the way, if we did lose the next two, heads would still be let high for me because we have gone from being doomed. Yes, and, and by the way, we could then have been playing Sunderland next season because they're in the, the end of playoffs. We could have, at the beginning of the season when we didn't win 14, we could be playing Sunderland Christmas, next season.
0: Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. There
1: was a fear of that. Well, in January when we lost home to Cambridge, was we second
0: bottom. Hmm. Oh, which again just goes back to, to how amazing Eddie Howe is done. But you mentioned there the fact that they could end up losing you know, the last four games of the season. I wrote this last week where I said, if that happens, there's not going to be a case of Eddie Howe saying, all oh, well, the last four games of the season. You know Eddie Howe will not be happy at losing the last four games of the season. And you'll be analysing everything that goes on. So it won't be a case of, right, that's the end of the season. We'll move on from there because that's not the kind of manager he is that's not the standards he's set whereas other managers in other clubs at this point in time will be like yeah you're safe you've achieved what we set out to do your feet are are up on the beach fair enough but anyhow no he wants every standard to be met right until the final kick of the final game of the season sure isn't Uh, that brilliant refreshing to have It should be a given. It should be, but we know Newcastle have it not had that with give. managers previously. Absolutely, a
1: lot of managers aren't like that, but the successful ones are. Yeah, The successful ones that go to the top of their profession have that attitude. And Here's an interesting thing on Monday night. He, two young managers making their way in the game, Arteta and uh, Eddie Howe. And um, let's see when they go together, head to head, what comes out of the other end. It's absolutely fascinating. I'm only bothered about one man. I don't care what's happening to Arsenal and I've got to be truthful about it. Uh, I'm only bothered about Newcastle Knight and Eddie Howe. Uh, and I see a smashing future, good future. But I think the players and the manager, and by the way, the people that sit upstairs, because it's their coming. None of this would have happened without new owners we wouldn't have got eddie howe necessarily we wouldn't have got the players in january because we wouldn't have spent 90 million we wouldn't have got the improvement in individuals whether that's shelby or fraser or emil craft or whoever Uh, we wouldn't have got all that without this uplift so yes the people that are sitting in their stands up on high deserve praise as well and that's why i just do not want it to end on a temporary sour note yes we would get over it and yes we, the first signing would trigger off the excitement again but let's finish you know with the way it should be the way it has been during 2022
0: just a quick look then at the, the the team that might play against Arsenal. There'll be no Willick. There'll be no John yep. Joe Shelby. No. Yep. Newcastle have got Wilson and Trippier who came off the bench against Man City. Wilson instantly just more of a threat than Chris Wood, which was brilliant to see. Not so good for Chris Wood. I think even Trippier got a very, very... <laughs> Uh, harsh reintroduction to Premier League football when Grealish burned past them. That's understandable given uh, uh, how long it's been out. It, that's, that's what's got to happen with these
1: two, Andrew, uh, regarding Monday. Uh, only how knows, seeing them in training before City and seeing them on training afterwards. I mean, they've been out a phenomenal amount of time. I mean, Frizzy, uh, sorry, uh, Wilson's been out something like three months. And, yeah, and Boxing Day, some of the in both naturally looked rusty i mean if you remember wilson had a great of course he was a bigger threat than than wood but he he had a great opportunity to score and when he was razor sharp he would have chucked it away in the corner he struck the goalkeeper and then and then after that trippier got done in the foot race by grealish for the fourth goal That is understandable. However good you are, if you've been out a long, long, long time and you're facing world-class players, you will get what they got. Now, it's a showing in that they would start if they're fit. Mm. Whether match fit and match sharp, whether they are enough to start them both in this game is a different kettle of fish.
0: The pictures from today's training session have just flashed up on social media. Just showing the picture there of Callum Wilson to John.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking like the Carl Wilson we love and uh, can remember from last year, and um, but running like that on a on a training ground and running like that with three Arsenal players
0: coming yes. in left side, right side, and uh, still, an image probably doesn't tell the full picture. and Like you say, match fitness is is a totally yes, different thing. Yes, it
1: is. It and the only way he's going to get that, of course, is uh, by is by plane.
0: Um, is by playing. on on those two.
1: Uh, I mean, the only certainty, I guess, Guy, is that they won't play 90 minutes. They'll either come on as subs or they'll start and come off in 60 minutes or something Mm. of that nature.
0: On those two, Eddie Howe said, both players would say they're very keen to start, but my job is to make sure I'm doing what's best for the team. We've got to make sure they're fit enough to last a long period in the game. We'll make a decision based on the training week. I mean, I think in most people's opinion, what's best for the team is to play them, but as Eddie Howe says, they've got to be match fit and you'll make a decision later this week and then of course it probably helps There's an extra couple of training sessions I don't know if they'll be working over the weekend but Mm, there'll mm. be a bit of time to maybe get a few more minutes under the belt on the training ground up at Benton Um, so I mean if they're fit John would you start both of them oh they were showing if they were match fit Uh,
1: I've got the impression he mightn't risk starting both of them from the start because that's two out of 11 you're they, 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 having a risk on mm. um, I mean yeah, we wouldn't even be talking about it they would be two of the greatest players in the side with Bruno etc if they were what they were at the,
0: early in the season I guess the, 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 the importance of those two in the side has changed somewhat because there's nothing riding on it for Newcastle so if, if Newcastle were battling relegation then you could maybe see them getting rush back in if they weren't 100% yeah, match fit. Yeah, but yeah. as the situation is, Newcastle don't need... I think, they'll, I
1: think they'll both be seen during the game. Mm. It, it, it's whether they start and come off or whether they go on during the second half at some stage.
0: So, I mean, that then leaves us with um, the centre-back pairing. Does Lascelles keep keeping... With alongside Burn, I, I felt the sales was the best defender actually against Manchester City. I know they got them for. I was going to say that,
1: that's not too much of a recommendation no, I, to anybody I, I that thought, played
0: at the back. No, but I thought he had a better game than Dan Burn. Obviously, Fabian Chair, not one hundred percent. We don't think, but it'll be interesting to see if he's back in.
1: I don't, I don't think he's a great fit with Burn because I think the both. I mean, in, in a, a long term situation, because I think they both play the same sort of game and no. are similar. Uh, you know, left side of it too, they're very similar in their approach, etc. etc. Again, fitness is so important. I, if he was absolutely razor sharp, I would play Shaw with Burn, because I don't think he's going to drop, I don't think he's going to drop Byrne. Uh, you know, I don't think Byrne's going to go out in this for this particular mm. game. I think it's just going to be who's going to partner Byrne, and I would start with Shaw
0: if he was fit enough to do so Then we've got St. Maxman Miguel Almiron and then in the, in the the centre is quite interesting because as we mentioned they're no Willick no Shelby so you would say Boone Goresh, Joe Linton and then it, probably Sean Longstaff
1: Well who else is there to play midfield unless you play somebody slightly it's, out of position yeah, and swap sh- them in there
0: It's a shame isn't that Elliot Anderson can't yes, play Yeah because
1: yeah, this would have been a good match to, to see him and see what he can do uh, have you yes. been? Have you
0: been on to his to his family? I know you got contacts. out uh, Yeah,
1: obviously. I know Jeff ever so well, and um, his granddad and uh, proud as punch. Uh, only wants to see him play for Newcastle. I mean, you know, forget about anything else. And is it, the lad ready? Of course he's ready. I mean, uh, Jeff Allen was playing for Newcastle as a teenager in the first team, and was a, a superstar after and Um So, yes, and I think the lad has got a real chance. Not only has he got the pedigree, but I think he's got the head on the shoulders and I think he's got the talent. I don't think Joey did him too much favour calling him the sort of Jordy Maradona. (laughs) I mean, that's quite a weight to to put on any kid's shoulders, but I I know where Joey was coming from. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because it'll greatly depend on what he does pre-season, whether he goes out for another loan into, say, the Championship, so he steps up in class or whether he starts in the Newcastle uh, first team squad and the interesting thing then is of course and it perhaps depends on who they buy in this summer the interesting thing then is don't keep him in the squad and, and let him sit like Dwight Gale on the bench week after week and never get on
0: apart from three minutes because mm. of what we've got you've got to give him a shout mm. the interesting thing there would be and this is one of the questions we've been sent in. Paul sent this one in. And he was gonna, well, he did ask about Sean Longstaff. Mm. Clearly, Eddie Howe wants to keep him. He said in his press conference yep. that the, the new contract yep. is close. He's you know, he's not keeping yep. on top of it. That's for the people to sort. But it, it essentially looks like Sean Longstaff has been offered a deal. Newcastle are waiting on him to sign it. Um, interesting, though, Valley and Arneson get a spot on the squad next season. I know they don't play exactly in the same position. But, you know, they're, they're gonna, the formation would have to change to suit Arneson. And it you just wonder, what does the future hold for Sean Longstaff? I know he's going to get this new deal. I know. But I know,
1: but I think there's going to be a few players that will survive the cull. now. There'll be a lot like Kevin Clark and uh, Hayden and uh, Richie and uh, Woodman that will go out now. But there will be others like Wood, like Longstaff, maybe Murphy that will survive the summer call and be here next season, but long-term will not be here, uh, will go out. You've got to filter them out, not slowly, uh, but you've got to filter them out instead of taking a job lot at 20 in the back of a court
0: and sending it mm. over Time Bridge because, uh, you know, you've got to have numbers. Just on Arsenal... Uh, the team, we mentioned there, we think it'll probably be Sean Longstaff, Gomarash. Yes, I think and, so. And um, Joe Linson. Joe Linson. But also, I mean, Lucas De Ball, the young um, it, it, the young 19-year-old uh, chap who's come up from the academy, he's been training first team, he's a central midfielder. You've also got Jay Turner-Cook, who's an attacking midfielder, but Eddie Howe said he was close to making his, his debut against Manchester City. So you've got two youngsters there who've been training over the last few weeks with the first team. We might even get to see them maybe off the bench during the
1: game. Yes, I was going to say, I think if we're going to see them at all, either on Monday or at Burnley, it will be off the bench. Uh, I don't think he'll start them. And, 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 you know, if you were going to start them in a game like Arsenal, the last game of the season, you know, Elliot Hansen's got a bit of uh, experience and a bit of swagger about him. These kids... Do you form into that sort of game. It's where a you difficult you...
0: one, isn't it? Because I I I, I I I do see that point now. What we're talking in general about, you know, giving youngsters the chance. and yeah, If, if yeah. you, you introduce them into the yeah. wrong game, it could backfire. I mean, you remember, Anderson was introduced against Arsenal, and I can't remember the scoreline at the time, but it wasn't pretty. I know he came off the bench. Yeah, that's right. Um But at the same time, I'm always I, I'm always tempted to say, well, look, if you're good enough, yes, you know. At some point, you're going to be in a bad game, so why not just get it out of the way? And 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 you know, and, and the thing is, with the with, with the way Newcastle are now, even if they get some three or four nil against Arsenal, there's not going to be that toxic reaction, is there around the stage? No, stadium. it's not going to be toxic. So it's a little bit different to how it would have been two or three years ago. Oh yeah,
1: sure. When we were under Ashley, yeah, absolutely no question. Um, maybe it would be easier to introduce them at Burnley. Uh, or introduce them off the bench against Arsenal yeah. if things are going good, uh, or were level with Arsenal, or were one goal up. Yeah. Sure, uh, if you were three or four down, and I, by the way, I'm not expecting that at all. But if that was the case, you know, maybe
0: not. Um, so yeah, and then if Callum Wilson is fit, you would see you would start, start ahead in, of, of Chris Wood. Oh, of
1: course, that would be a shoe in. That was that's no contest. Uh, okay. The difficulty is and it's quite staggering. Uh, Calum Wilson's been here three seasons, and he's missed about three months of all three seasons. Mm. I mean, that is horrendous. Uh, And it's equally horrendous that we're going into the second last match of the season when we've had a good second half of the season, and Wilson hasn't started for three months, and he's still top goal scorer, and he's only got six goals. By Jove, that tells
0: you where where we'll be lining up in the summer to buy people, won't it? And although we said Almiron and St. Maxman, Ryan Fraser could be, could feature in the final two games this season. Uh, Eddie Howe said, Ryan returned to train yesterday, which is great to see. He's trained very well, so fingers crossed he's fine. I think, actually, if he is fitting again, we talk about match sharpness and what have you, but I could see him starting ahead of Almiron, especially getting a big part to come off the bench at least.
1: Oh, I, I think that if, again, if everybody was match sharp, Trippier, uh, Wilson, and Fraser would start automatically, but I mean, you can't imagine us starting against Arsenal with Trippier, Wilson, and Fraser all starting. What sort of risk would that be? Yeah, you you know, they're wonderful players by our standards, where we are at now. um, But you've got to be careful, Uh, and and coming off the bench might be an easier thing. and Murphy must wonder what he's going to do to get a start just to show what he can do or what he can't do. And, you know, there, there, there was a, there's a case for his introduction um, out wide. If you don't start Fraser because it would be pushing you, luck, do you start Elmira or do you say, "Let go on, Murphy, let's see what you can do? Um, it's,
0: it's, it's four years to the day. If maths is correct since Newcastle beat Chelsea 3-0 at St. James Park. Um and I was I was looking through the pictures today for on this day on, on our social channels and Jacob Murphy's in that team and you forget you forget how long he's actually been oh, here. Oh
1: absolutely and, and decisions have got to be made with him and, and you know everybody sort of um writes him off but didn't we write off Fraser with his body language, didn't we write off Shelby, didn't we write off uh, Two or three Newcastle United players craft uh, and all of a sudden they've come again. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, uh, but Almiran will want to play because. Uh, and and he's got plenty to prove. He might have scored a world at St James's Park, but goal of the it, month. But yes, it, it's goal of the year for him. It's only one he scored and no assists, so he, he needs a few better stats alongside his name, and therefore will want the games. A lovely lad, you couldn't wish to meet. A man that plays with a smile on his face, gotta do more.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And we're not we're not gonna uh, bore you guys with this argument yet again. I think we can both agree on that, John. Um. Before I ask you for your score prediction, just a reminder to everyone to please like and follow the podcast, totally free to do. Just means with every new episode we upload, you will get a notification saying it's ready to download and please remember to like, uh, sorry, I've already said that, please remember to give us a rating and review. You'd think I say it so often, John, it would just roll <laughs> off the tongue, but um, while I was doing that, I was trying to find the reported new Newcastle United strip, the away one. Um, which has been doing the rounds on social media. Mm. Have you seen it? Have you seen no, the pictures? Is, is
1: this the one that looks like the Saudi flag? Yes. Yeah. The one I've heard about it, but I haven't, like haven't seen Saudi,
0: it. Um like Saudi home strips So I'm just trying to find out now. Um, but essentially white with green on it, and it does look a lot like the Saudi um, the Saudi international jersey. Bit of criticism from certain people, you know, the reasons behind in it. And what have you? What what what's your your take on it? Because it is it is very 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 similar.
1: Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, and you can imagine if you own eighty percent of the club, you would say, "I want to do what I want to do within limitations of not aggravating every fan." Outside of uh, outside of Tyneside, it would it would create another reason for them to bash Newcastle United and their owners over the head. Um, we're getting used to that and it's becoming water for ducks back to a certain extent (coughs) but um, if that's the way it's going to be that's the way it's going to be I just hope that when we play away in about April next year we're playing to get into Europe in that strip, that'll do Mm. for
0: me It's still yet to be confirmed those colours but it does indeed look like at least one of the jerseys for next season. it will it
1: will produce uh controversy mm-hmm. uh, without a shadow of doubt. but the owner's full point will produce controversy and um, especially to people that's outside of our fan base mm-hmm. up
0: here and the other thing to ask you about just before we wrap up is the shira statue getting moved i was up there the other day and they were busy some poor chap bless him had the job of standing on the plinth and drilling away <laughs> and when i was looking back at the picture you can see it's, he's finally he's finally balanced on it, and I'm thinking that that's not a job I envy. Um, very <laughs> delicate to, to remove the Shira statue from its current foundations, and Tom Mealey, who was the, the 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 sculptor, was up there as well, just doing a bit of fine tuning on 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 Shira's boot, as it were. And um, he said, yeah, he said something along the lines to us, they built the stay. So that's why that's why it's taking a little bit while, a little bit of a while because you put a statue up and you don't expect it to be moved of um, course you and, don't. but he's over the moon that it's moving so he's just of the ship of course
1: and and so it should be yeah. uh, it was a disgrace that in the first place i mean how humiliating can it be that your greatest ever center forward your greatest ever goal scoring goal scorer not of a matter of opinion in the history books gets a statue and it's got to be placed outside the ground as near as it's possible to St James's Park that is absolute sacrilege and and Shearer's name being taken off the bar I mean how dare you play with our history it's our club not yours Mike Ashley and thankfully now uh, Shearer has come home to where he belongs and Wonderful. I just wonder why it took so long. Mm-hmm. I know why it took so long, why they see Ashley disappear over the Time Bridge. Uh, but thank goodness he has. And that is one of the changes. And yes, it can be seen as minor, but I think it's major because he is the singularly most important player in Newcastle United's history. Not necessarily the best, the
0: most important for all his goals. And he should be inside St James's. Yes, sure indeed. And that work is continuing. And just on the sculptor. I didn't realise he actually did the Sir Boy Robson statue and the Jackie Milburn one as well I mean that is not a bad little CV to have is it
1: no it isn't uh, there's good there's good good people there and um, the only thing with statues is, is that you can always make a claim for where why somebody else should be uh, should be there. And you could end up with 11 statues and have a football team.
0: Yes, yes. We've made that joke recently in Chronicle Towers because we did a piece on who deserves a statue and Kevin Keegan was put forward yes. I went... Well, I said Joe Harvey, but I didn't see he deserved I mean, I, I think he does deserve a statue. He does deserve a statue. But I said I'd prefer to see the East Stand maybe after named after him, you know, the Joe Harvey Stand. He's obviously got his plaque there, but... I said that because I think that is what I would like to see, but also because there's just too many statues, we will end up... Yeah, I mean, that's the trouble, isn't it? You can
1: justify Keegan for what he did. You can justify Joe Harvey as both the captain of the FA Cup winning sides and the last manager to win a major trophy. And if you go into the depths of the past, you could justify Huey Gallagher, Colin Beach, everybody. And... you know, so the wood, it's a difficult thing for every club. Uh, and not just the big clubs. You know, the smaller clubs still have the history and the heroes, and, the, and you, you could be littered. littered with statues, but uh, it's good that Shearers is there uh, and it's good that Milburn's there because they're the two great, great goal scorers of our history and it's absolutely right that we should not forget them and should honour them for what they did for this club and both Geordie's
0: incidentally, Mm. which uh, makes it even more of a romantic story. Definitely, couldn't have put it better myself. The only thing left to do, John... How is this one going to end on Monday?
1: Yeah, well, there we go. Thereby hangs all sorts of tales. I've just got a a feeling that Newcastle will not lose um, and they will either draw or win. Uh, Win is the ideal scenario. There's so much. It's if, if, If Arsenal had got the job done last night at Spurs and had qualified for the Champions League, I think all we were talking that might happen would have happened. They would have, We could have steamrolled them. They could say, hey, we're there anyway, so what if you want it that much, you can have it. Uh, you know, it, it, we would have had a much greater chance of winning, but Spurs have a 12-goal advantage over Arsenal, and they've got Burnley and Norwich, where Arsenal's got Newcastle and Everton. So if they do not win against Newcastle, they're not gonna get the Champions League place. So they've got to be hell belt on that. But I'm still and it's hugely important. You know, I still think Newcastle won't lose. And that, to me, would be wonderful. Mm. It'll be a bonus to win rather than the draw. But I would accept if I got off a draw now, I think I might just accept it. I because it would, would be a good it would be a good, good result. I do not expect us to lose and therefore, we'll stop and don't allow a run to happen. About a losing run to happen, that'll do for me. We'll either draw or we'll win by a single goal. I'm going to go for a win. I, I, if I keep saying it; it's going to happen. Well, I hope but you're right. It, it does, doesn't follow that it's going to happen, but let's hope you I you do believe right.
0: that. I do think Newcastle stand a really good chance, and fingers crossed, they can see out the season at home at St James's Park with a victory go down to Burnley and get another one but yeah I think they'll give Arsenal a really good go and I, I do think they'll get, they'll get all three points And um, but as you say I would take a point if it was offered now
1: Yes I mean the, the biggest thing is we it's a last home game of the season it's quality opposition whether we accept that or, or not and therefore to avoid defeat would be an excellent result and would keep the atmosphere good. I think if we're lost by a single goal at the end of the game, they would still be cheered on by the crowd because of the way they've stayed up this season. And that is right, and that's the way it should be. But let's avoid that. Let's go draw or win, which would be even better, and then go down to Burnley and perhaps smack them. Hmm.
0: Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself again. Head over to chronicle to keep up with all the latest Newcastle in news. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll just put out there once again the plea from War Flags for anyone that's at the game on Monday. Please get to your seats about 10 minutes, if not a bit sooner, before kickoff. Everybody is going to have something to do on Monday, it's going to be absolutely amazing, but it can only happen with you guys in your seats a little bit earlier than maybe you would do but it would be all worth it trust me on that I hope you enjoy the game thank you very much for listening I've been Andy Musgrove with John Gibson this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast